mighty God we serve. Thankful uh, for the Lord today. We'll continue on in our lessons today. Um, hope for the last days. Uh, um, I'm glad that there's a hope that Jesus gives uh, in his word. And then, of course, in his presence. But uh, as we enter into what we feel like and have been, I feel like, maybe in the last days uh, since the time he departed up and said, let's, let's have a church on this earth, I feel like the last days started, the, the timer started, you know. And, um, but, of course, as things uh, head, head on in this life and in this world, it's going to get worse and worse. That shouldn't frighten us. We know the Lord's coming to get a church. God's getting a church ready. And uh, so we've been talking about the certainty of his coming and, and those things. And today our topic is staying ready. We want to stay ready. Oh, we don't want to miss the coming of the Lord. We want to stay ready. So uh, God's gathering a church all around this world. I'm talking about there is a great outpouring of Revival. There was a tremendous post. Uh, I, if any of you are on Facebook, I shared it uh, in Bangladesh, I believe it was. They have a tremendous revival, and God is pouring out His Spirit. People uh, who have never believed in Jesus Christ are, are believing in Him, being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized in His name. God is gathering a church, getting them ready. Uh, so that's just hastening the day. That's part of the scripture. It says, hastening until the day. We're, that day's coming. It's going to be here uh, in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. I want to be ready for his return. So uh, since he's getting that church ready, we've got to stay ready. We can't be, well, uh, yeah, I'll take a week off from serving the Lord, and he won't come this week. You, you can never have that mindset. You've got to uh, live that he could come at any moment. The rapture of the church is imminent. It's going to happen. And so we want to be ready for that today. Uh, Matthew 25 and 13 tells us this. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Key word in that scripture is watch. Watch, to keep watch. Let's pray for the lesson today. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this lesson today. And Lord, we're thankful to know that you are coming soon. God, I pray you'd help us to hear what the Spirit would say today. Ready ourselves, ready our hearts. Be prepared for that great and wonderful day. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord another hand before you're seated. So he's coming, better get ready. Watch. In one place he said uh, that what I say to you, I say unto all. And he gives one word, watch. Uh, Wants us to be prepared, wants us to be looking for uh, his return. We were not there when he ascended up into the heavens and we weren't there when the angel said, why do you stand here gazing up? But as we come to the Lord, we, there's something uh, after our initial time at the altar of repentance where we are baptized in his name and filled with his spirit that now not only are we to 
uh, work and be a light shining in this world, but we must be watching for what's coming next. Uh, but you can't just watch for it. You've got to be ready for it. Whatever, uh, you know, it's like uh, in the morning when you were a little kid, if you rode the school bus, you knew by an estimate about what time the school bus would be there. Them cold mornings, you know, you want to stay inside and watch. And if I had to see them down the road, then I can go on out. I won't be in the cold as long. But if you decided or you got caught up watching cartoons while you was waiting on it, next thing you know, you hear horn honking and then the bus pulling out, and you have missed it. You were watching, but you weren't ready. You were not ready to go out. You were not ready to be there. I don't want to miss the coming of the Lord. I don't want to watch it pass me by. I want to be watching, and I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I want to be able to do what the Lord wants me to do. I was reading uh, a story that Brother Seagraves, Daniel Seagraves, he is a apostolic minister, teaches in a lot of Bible colleges, preaches a lot of conferences, just a great man, got some great uh, books and insight on things, but he said one of his uh, memories from when he taught was uh, that he had give a, a, a term paper assignment for his class, and, and he uh, put a certain due date on it. He said in the class he announced when he gave out the syllabus, he said, this paper for this class will be due at noon, 12 o'clock noon on a certain day, and it will not be accepted after that time. And so he instructed the staff at the office as students came in and turned their papers in uh, to write the time on the top of the paper for what time the paper was submitted. And he said, I just happened to be outside the front office at 60 seconds past the time that the papers were due and a student arrived with her paper. He said, I would not accept it. Well, that seems harsh, don't it? You know, what if she caught a red light? What if she had a flat tire? What if she got behind a truck? You know, what, there was any number of reasons why that maybe she was not there by 12, but she was not by 12 and, and had known that it's so important that if it won't be accepted, uh, you better do everything you can to be there before 12. And, and so he would not accept it. He said, now, at this point in my life, he said, would I be as stringent as that? He said, probably not. But um, he said, I you know, probably let, would have let that slide. He said, but uh, I was raised to be rigid like that. And he said, but I remember a man in our church telling us one time, he said, maybe we ought to cut people a little slack. And... Uh, and maybe in this world, you know, you can make allowances for things like that. You know, if, if a student was not able to be there for a test that day because they lost a loved one or something, having, you know, a teacher, they make allowances for things. They can cut them some slack. But let me tell you, we we're not going to be cut slack for missing the day of the Lord. And what we're talking about today is, is something that is going to happen. Jesus is coming back. And he said to watch, therefore, because you don't know the day or the hour when he will return. And so there's a day, there's an hour, there's a point where a specific time is going to happen. And after that, it will be too late. There will not be a second bus coming around. You know, if uh, you miss your bus over there on campus, just hang out. There'll be another one. But there will not be another trumpet sounding after that one. It's not like... 
If all y'all didn't make it on the first one, the second one's going to blow an hour later. It ain't happening. We've got to be ready for the return. One second late will be final on that day. I've heard people preach messages. Where will you be five minutes after the rapture of the church? Well, where will you be one second after the rapture of the church? Uh, you know, either, either way, at that time, where, where will you find yourself after that trumpet sounds? I want to make sure that I am watching and that I am ready for the coming of the Lord. When Jesus spoke and gave the uh, different parables about this, uh, he, he made a point to let us know that it is necessary to stay ready. Our opening scripture told us to watch, therefore. In Matthew 24 and 36, he said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In Matthew 24 and 44, he said, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, he said, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. There are, let me tell you, we cannot just hope that Jesus is going to cast a net and catch us and snatch us away. We are commanded to watch. We are commanded to be ready. That means that we must pay attention to ourselves. We must pay attention to the signs of the times, but we must pay attention to ourselves. Where am I in my walk with God? And, and where am I in my service to him? Where am I in my relationship with this blessed Savior? Am I going to be ready? I know he's coming. I know that uh, the Bible says that he's coming with clouds and every eye is going to see him. I know there's coming a day where every knee will bow. Where do I find myself in the, these scenarios? Have I prepared myself for the coming of the Lord. Am I ready and am I staying ready? It is not enough uh, to, you know, you could pack and get ready to go on a trip and have a certain time you're supposed to catch a plane and you can have all your luggage done. You can have the tickets bought. But if you're not ready uh, when that plane is going to take off, if you're not there, if you're still riding up the road thinking, oh, they'll wait on me. When you get there, you have missed. you paid for the tickets, you planned for it, you packed for it, but you missed it. I don't want to get uh, packed and miss it. I, I don't want to be around it and miss it. I don't want to be close to it, know about it, dream about it, hope about it, and miss it. Am I ready for the coming of the Lord? Am I staying ready? Not did I get ready, am I staying ready? You know, if you were to train uh, yourself for a, a certain event, if you're in the sports and things like that, and you, you're training and here comes that event and, and uh, this is going to be something that you're doing over and over again, you don't just train one time. Well, let's say I need to get ready. I'm going to run a marathon. So today I'm going to go out and I'm going to run. I'm going to eat right today. And that's it. That might have been the good start. But if you wait around and now... All of a sudden, you don't do anything else for six months, and here comes the marathon, you're going to lose and probably have a heart attack in the middle of it because you didn't train. You didn't stay ready. You were getting ready, but you did not stay ready. And now I don't want to have found myself distracted in this last day where I am no longer paying attention to the things of the Lord. 
I don't want to get so caught up in the, the business of this world that I'm no longer thinking about the kingdom come and His will be done. I, I want to make sure that I am staying ready. I don't want to get uh, you know, uh, enamored with things and, and things that are, are trying to catch our attention in this life. You know, this world is moving so fast and technology is so awesome and wonderful. And, and man, we can get starstruck in this world and, and get our minds on other things. And uh, we can get it on a, on a better job or a, or a better house or, or a new relationship. And we can get our minds off of God. Don't say it can't happen because it can happen. It happens to the best of us. And we can get caught up in things that, hey, maybe really there's nothing wrong with them as long as they're in the right place. It's important, it's imperative that we as children of God make sure that our priorities are right. That God is first and foremost. That we are loving the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then loving one another, uh, loving our neighbor as we love uh, ourselves. We've got to make sure that we are staying focused and we're not going to miss. Somebody said you need to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, I, I agree with that. He's the main thing. Keep him the main thing. Guess what? Every other part of your life works better when he's in the right place. When you're trying to, to circumvent him to, to have a better relationship, it don't work. If you're trying to circumvent him to try to have a better job, well, it don't work. You've got to have him where he belongs. And then guess what? He will just enhance every relationship. He'll enhance your job. He'll enhance your schooling. He'll enhance your ministry. Everything that you want to do, if you've got him in the right place, hey, everything's going to be all right. That's how you stay ready. You make a list. You set priorities. You, you make sure and you stick to it. It can't be a New Year's resolution. It can't be uh, an Easter miracle. It can't be a, a Christmas prayer. It's got to be uh, all time, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, whatever. And however how many years, we were just talking about our age and, and how uh, you know, just keep climbing up and the numbers just keep rolling. It doesn't matter how young or how old, I've got to be ready or the coming of the Lord. Don't uh, tell somebody Jesus is coming, but not tell them how to stay ready. If you, uh, you know, if you were planning a trip, it was somebody, it was something you were going on, and they, hey, we're going together, we've booked this together, and then as, as you're going along, you see them not, they're not packing. Hey, have you packed yet? No, I ain't packed. You bought, you, you got to have these when we're down here. You got that yet? No. Hey, have you even got your passport? No, you'd be on them. Hey, you, you, you're not going to be able to go if you don't get your passport. You're not going to be able to go if you don't have this. You're gonna, you, you've got to have all these things in line. That, that day's coming. I'm ready, and I've got all my stuff. I'm just waiting for it to get here. But I, you know, I'm going to have to go without you if you don't have, oh, it'll, it'll be okay. I'll get it done. And then uh, two days before it's time to go, they, oh, I didn't get my passport, and I didn't get this. And now, uh, hey, can I just... Hey, let me just sneak with you. No, you can't just sneak with me. You've got to have your stuff. I didn't get my ticket. Can I share a seat with you? No, the airline won't allow it. Hey, look, I already bought a seat. Can they just sit in my lap for this trip? No, they can't. It don't work like that. They've got to buy their ticket. They should have been ready. They knew 
uh, this trip was coming. And we know that Jesus is coming back. We've got to stay ready. I don't want to just, oh man, let me tell you. You get caught up with a lot of things when you first come to God. It's so rich and wonderful and new that sometimes his return can get pushed back in your mind because, man, you're experiencing new things. Man, you're feeling great. They talk about faith. They talk about miracles. And you, man, now you're speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You're you're watching people fall out on the floor. and You're you're about to sing in the choir now. And then, you know, I'm going to teach a Bible study. Well, now I've got a ministry. Now I'm going to start preaching. And, And you can just push his return Farther and farther. It's not that you don't believe he's coming. It's just, man, it's not on your mind. I'm I'm right here and I'm focused on now. But I can't just stay focused on right now. I can't ignore now. But I can't just be stuck in this moment. It's always you've got to live your your life in that light of eternity. Like he will be here at any moment. Hey, it's, that's one of those scriptures oh, people breeze through quick uh, sometimes because they're like, ooh, I don't even like to think about, wow, he might show up and catch me unaware. But he's going to catch somebody unaware. And so if there's any sobering thought, it's this. Jesus is coming back. What have you done to prepare? And what are we doing to stay ready for his return? Are we living? Because, uh, you know, the Scripture decrees it for us uh, to stay ready. You know, in the Gospels, we see Jesus mentioned it several times, but it wasn't just confined to the Gospels, but the other writers in Scripture, all the letters to the church, watchfulness is a theme of the entire New Testament. You'll read it, you'll find it in multiple books as you're reading through there, that they were always somewhere. They, they'd preach about don't do this and make sure you're doing this. Pray, lift one another up, love one another. Oh, don't forget Jesus is coming back. <laughs> and Don't be doing all of that and then miss him. They tell us how to live right, what to do, what not to do, how to pray, what to pray, gifts of the Spirit, all kind of things that will enhance us. We're more than conquerors. They'd encourage us, lift us up, build us up in our faith, and then remind us, don't forget that the Lord is coming back. There's a thief coming. But he's not bad. He's not, the focus is not on, on so much on thief as the uncertainty of when he will, the surprise that it will be when he shows up. So I want to make sure... Uh, that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. They will be, Peter said it in the last days, he said they will be scoffers, people who just that walk among us in our midst that will say, where is the promise of his return? Since the beginning of time, it's just gone on like this, and they just uh, not ready for just whatever. Let me tell you, I, I remember... There was a man I worked uh, when I worked years ago with ADT Security, and this guy, his name was Tony, and he was he was rough man. He was very rough around the edges, and uh, been there forever, and just a little older guy, older than me. And I'm telling you, man, he would just he'd embarrass you just the way he talked, you know, just rough guy. But he, after he found out I was a preacher, he he kind of culled back a little bit. You know, he was like he tried to be respectful around me. Sometimes he just tried to agitate me. You know, he would just do that. But we got our jobs canceled one day. We're sitting around in the office, and every year in December, he took the whole, he had so much seniority, he just took the whole month of December off. 
and so he'd always be in there on the that first day, and he said, I'll see y'all next year, you know, just, and he's sitting in there in the office, uh, not doing nothing, he's getting ready to go, and we're talking, and, and um, I started talking about the Lord, and man, he was getting, he's kind of bald-headed, man, he started getting, his head started getting red, he was feeling the heat, man, his blood pressure was rising, you know, and he was like, this guy's just driving me crazy, and he said, I said, well, you know, Tony, I want to be ready when the Lord comes back, he said, well, people's always been talking about the Lord come back. He said, I've been hearing that stuff for a long time. And he said, and I said, Tony, you're in the Bible. He said, I'm in the Bible. I said, yeah, you are. I said, because it said in these last days that there'd be people scoffing at his return, acting like he's not coming back. I said, yeah. I said you need to do some, something about that, Tony. And by the time our supervisor come in, he said, ain't you got a job for this guy? He's trying to get me saved. Get him out of here. <laughs> that was the last conversation I had with him. He went home taking his vacation. He was out deer hunting. He came in from deer hunting. His wife said he took his pager off, set it on the table, and dropped dead on the floor from a heart attack. When I met his wife at the funeral, I'd never met her before, walked by shaking hands, and, and as soon as I shook her hand, she said, you must be the preacher. So something was going on. He, he was telling somebody about something that was getting said. Let me tell you, we need to be telling people about the coming of the Lord. Because it's, it's coming. And uh, I want to make sure that I am ready. Uh, but don't, don't, listen, it doesn't matter how educated they are. It doesn't matter what kind of books they've written. If they say the Lord's not coming back, hey, or it's going to be another, oh, it's going to be 100 years. Hey, it might be. But they don't know that, and neither do we. And so we've got to stay ready for when the Lord shows up. Jesus, Paul, John and Peter all referred to it as a thief in the night, coming as a thief. We can't even calculate the time that he's going to be here. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. You can't figure up God's time. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't, I said this in the last lesson. I said we should not spend time trying to figure out what cannot be found out. You, me, nobody. All of us together can't put our heads together and figure out the day that the Lord's coming back. Don't you know that God knows how people would act if they knew the day? They would just do anything they want to do until that day. Oh, I got a whole year to just act crazy. He won't be here for you know, another year and a day. I'll, I'll just get ready that, that day before. He knows how men and how people think. You say, oh, not me. I would just live for him anyway. Tell your flesh that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your flesh that. You mean, I, you mean as long as I'm ready on that day, I'll be all right? Yeah, as long as you're ready on that day, you'll be all right. I'll see you then. That's what we would be doing. Oh, I wouldn't because he died for me and he loves me. Again, tell your flesh that. Uh, because if you knew of certainty, I could do whatever I want to do and just get ready the day before. Yep. But there's one thing that helps keep us where we need to be. It's not like him holding something over us, but it keeps us where we need to be. It's, it is the guardrails that keeps us from getting too far astray. It's that uh, light of eternity. We know that we are living in, in this time frame that he could come back at any time, and that helps me keep myself right. I cannot be found uh, messing around in ungodliness and unrighteousness knowing that he could come back then. We've got to be careful. We've got to be ready. The Bible tells us to redeem the time for the days are evil. We need to make sure we are redeeming the time. 
doing what he said to do. And so we see uh, in the scriptures, I told you that many scriptures wrote about this last day, but they also wrote about how we should behave, uh, encouraging us to live in a way that would honor him as we see the day approaching. In Romans 13, uh, verse 11, uh, it says, And that knowing the time, that it is high time to awake out of sleep. That's number one. Wake up. You see the times. Wake up. Pay attention. Don't sleep through the coming of the Lord. You know, the other night some of our guys went camping and they were all sleeping in their tents. And in the middle of the night, in the middle of the dark woods, somebody that wasn't with them came sneaking into their campsite to mess with their stuff and steal some stuff. And they were all asleep. And nobody knew it until somebody woke up. And then when they woke up, they realized something's here. We've got to do something. Let me tell you, wake up. Wake up. Wake your spiritual self back up. Don't just just let your body walk into church like a zombie. Get your spiritual man awake. Get that spirit stirred up. Let that anointing that's inside of you flow. Come on. Jesus said it would be like uh, rivers of living water. Let me tell you. I want to make sure that there's nothing blocking the well. I want to make sure the Spirit's flowing in my life, that I am living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, because the Spirit's what's going to take me out of here. The Bible says it's the same Spirit that raised Him up, dwell inside of us, that it'll also take us and catch us away. It'll raise us up. So that means if it's going to be by the Spirit, I better be walking in the Spirit, and I better be living in the Spirit. I better be praying in the Spirit, and I better be listening to the Spirit, because the Spirit, it said, will lead you into all truth. The Spirit searches the deep things of God. We cannot live a life and expect to be ready or even expect to stay ready if we are not in contact with the Spirit, if we are not letting the Spirit lead and guide our life. We are spiritual people living in a physical world. Yes, we are flesh and blood, but the Spirit of the Almighty lives inside of us. We have been filled with His Spirit, filled with His Spirit. And He said, it ain't something we fill it up and put the lid on it so it can't never come back out. It's unending. It's not going to run out. It's, it's supposed to issue out from us so people can see what's going on. So stay awake. So we know the time is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Things have changed since your day at the altar. Whether it was a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, whatever the time may be, things are different from the second you uh, come to Him. Let me tell you, time is different. You are that much closer to the coming of the Lord. And now to the church, this letter is to the church, and he's telling the church now. You see, he's not, uh, yes, we can tell people in this world that don't know him about this. They don't get it. But he said, I'm talking to the church. Wake up. I'm talking to the saints of God. Wake up. Stop danger. You ever been in class and you're sitting there one day and something, you know, you, you thinking about a car you're going to buy or you, a girl, a boy you like, and you're just, the teacher's talking about something. They're like, hey. And you're like, Cat. Oh, the question was, what's eight plus five? 
fell down. You, know, you just missed it completely. Daydreaming. You know, you know, you're, you're there. You're in the class. But you can't. You know, you're not focused. You're not paying attention. You're, you're behind and, and all these things. You, you just don't. You know, that's what Paul was writing to the church. Hey, it is high time to awake out of sleep. It's, it's high time. We, you, know, I, uh, you know, God's been long-suffering, and God is merciful, and he still is. But it is high time to wake out of sleep because our salvation is nearer than when we believed. From that baby step we took at the beginning, hey, let me tell you, time has been running out. So I don't know how uh, if we've just been coasting, oh, we believe, we got it, we feel good, we're just basking in that feeling for a while. It's time to stop basking, and it's time to start living, and it's time to start staying ready for the coming of the Lord. Praise God. Hey, we're the church. And Paul, if Paul would preach to those saints and, 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 and tell those saints and shake them, uh, then every pastor should be doing that to their church, saying, hey, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, pastor. Wake up choir and music. Wake up Sunday school teachers. Wake up saints of God. Jesus is coming back. You've been ready. You've made ready. But now you've got to stay ready. And if you realize that you don't have something you need, get it. Because your salvation is nearer than when you believed. So he's telling us there's going to be a way to live. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I don't want to be making provisions for the flesh. Paul is telling the church, he said, these are things that you want to do so that you will stay ready for the coming of the Lord. Because guess what? You can be born again and be delivered from many, many sins. Paul said uh, that he, he wrote a long list to the Corinthian church. And at the end, he said, and such were some of you. And he's talking about murderers, liars, drunkards, thieves, all kind of things that he listed in that list. And God can wash those sins from you, and you can fall right into that statement, and such were some of you. You've been washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. But if you pick lying up again, if you pick stealing up again, guess what? You'll be standing flat-footed on the earth when the Lord comes back because the Bible says unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He told us that that's why he said that's why you got to get rid of these things and then you live your life in righteousness for him. Yes, will we make mistakes? Sure. Will we fall flat on our face sometimes? Absolutely. But if we do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And if we confess our faults to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. But make no mistake, his blood did not make unrighteousness righteous. When... I was baptized in his name and the blood was applied to my life. It washed that stuff away. But what did I have to do before that? I had to repent. In other words, I'm telling him I'm turning from that lifestyle as well. I can't, after he's washed me, turn back. 
I can't repent of my life with God and go back and say, well, his blood makes lying okay. His sacrifice makes, you know, fornication and adultery okay. Wrong. It don't. We have got to keep ourselves in the fear of the Lord, watching for his return. Paul said the same things in 1 Thessalonians 5. He said, but of the time, this is another church. He's writing to another church, not to the people under the bridge or on the sidewalks or in the alleys of the bars. He's writing this to the church of God. But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that, that they should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night, and we are not of darkness. Therefore, here it is again, let us not sleep. That doesn't mean we don't get to go to bed and sleep at night. That means that spiritually, don't fall asleep spiritually. You know, when you're asleep in the natural, as far as you know, everything is all right. You know, you go to bed, you, you go around, you check all the doors, you know, make sure everything's locked up, lights are off, different things you've got to, you hit the bed, you go to sleep, as far as you know, kids are in bed, kids are safe, this is, a, everything's fine, you go to sleep, and guess what? Unless, maybe all of a sudden, something catches on fire. Some people have slept right through that and died. Only way they know it is if they wake up. I don't want to fall asleep spiritually. Oh, everything's okay. Ain't no sense in praying. Everything's good. My kids are doing good. My family's doing good. My job's great. House just got paid off. Everything's, oh, man. All that praying and fasting, I can cut back now. All that church attendance, I can cut back now. Telling people about the Lord, I can cut back now. No, you cannot. Don't go to sleep on the Lord. Don't go to sleep in this life. He said, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Put it on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort to yourselves together, edify one another, even also as ye do. There is a way to live after you come to God. And it will keep you ready for the coming of the Lord. Don't let anything you know, uh, keep you from watching and staying ready for God. You listen to me how serious this is. Don't you let your boyfriend or your girlfriend keep you from being ready for God. Don't you let your classmates keep you from being ready. Don't you let your husband or your wife or your children keep you from being ready to meet the Lord. Because nobody's going uh, on a group ticket. There ain't no group plan. Well, I'm saved. All my kids be saved. No, no, no. Everybody, we must work out our own salvation with fear and with trembling. And so that's why uh, we must teach our kids about the Lord. We must tell them, surely Jesus is coming again someday. 
uh, and then we must tell them that's why it is important. You know, even as little kids, you break it down to them on their level. That's why you, you need to be good. You, you don't want to lie. You don't want to steal. You want to love people. Teach kids early to love other people. Teach them to love them no matter what they look like, no matter what color they are, what language they speak. You teach them kids to love because Jesus loves every single one of them. Teach your kids to love like Jesus. You teach them when they're young, they'll be like that when they're older. And they'll be more like the church. They'll be more like God. They'll be more apt to stay ready. The Bible says train a child up in the way it should go. Listen, train these children. If we don't train them, the world will train them. If we don't train them, the world will get a hold of them. We've got to train our kids in the ways of God, in the things of God, in the Word of God, to have faith in God. And when it's time for them to find a place of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. We've had kids, you say, our kids don't need the Holy Ghost. Well, if they don't, why does God give it to them? We had a three-year-old girl in this church, three years old, standing by herself, nobody even praying with her, lift her hands up, worshiping with the choir, crying, tears flowing down her face, three years old. Boom, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She's speaking in other tongues. She's just too young for that. God didn't think she was too young for it. He filled her with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this. If God will fill them with the Holy Ghost, it's all right to baptize them in Jesus' name. So don't say, well, I'm going to let them do it when they're older. You know what? Let them do it now. If they want to do it when they're older, do it when they're older. Tell them about it. Your kid, hey, kids can program phones, DVRs, drive cars. Kids, man, they know how to do anything. They make us feel so ignorant sometimes. Just hand me your phone and a little kid. You watch people now, they just hand a tablet to a kid. Turn it on, find what they're looking for. Don't you think they can understand that Jesus died for them, that you can teach them belief in the Lord? And then if they say, well, I'd like to get baptized. Well, you're just, if they say they're ready to be baptized, baptize them. I ain't talking about when they're one year, you know, like a one-year-old who can't talk or walk or nothing like that. I'm talking about when you're kids, you're toddlers, and they're old enough when you can start carrying conversations on with them and things like that. Man, if they worship God and they love God, and you're telling them about God, if they want to get baptized, by all means, baptize them. If they want to do it when they get 16, 16 17, 18, I've had people that said, well, I got baptized when I was a kid pastor. Not sure if I really understood it. I just want the Lord to know that I do understand it, and I want to do it now, conscious decision as a grown-up, and I'd baptize them again, you know, because they want to be right, and they want to stay ready. They want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I do too. I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And since, you know, uh, I'm about, about to, this we've got about five minutes. Yeah, that's perfect. That'll end, that'll end just perfect. Peter, uh, one of my favorite writers in the scripture, uh, his description of these last days, but he said in 1 Peter 3 and 10, he said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then, this again, this is a letter to the church. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Here's the question. What manner of persons ought ye, I'm going to say ought we, ought we to be 
in all holy conversation. That word conversation means behavior, not just your talk. So that would definitely fall under your behavior, but in all holy behavior and godliness. In all holy behavior and godliness. What kind of person should we be since we know he's coming back? Should we be the unconcerned kind? The kind of, nah, you know, the sleeping kind? We've seen twice where he said, wake up. Even, in, uh, I think in Proverbs he said, uh, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And said it will bring destruction on all you've built. Said your destruction will come like an armed man, like a thief coming upon you. A thief. I don't want to fall asleep on the Lord. So he says, uh, what kind of person ought you to be? Well, Jesus said you ought to be this kind of person. I didn't even give you the scripture this morning, so don't, don't, don't worry about that. In his parables of his return, he said this in Matthew 24, 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who? Who's the faithful and wise servant? He said, the one that his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in this season. Who is that? He said, blessed is that servant whom when his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So we can't just be anyway. We've got to be faithfully doing when he returns. God has given us things to do, and we've got to get busy doing it. Because he said, if that, but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and then begins to smite his fellow servants, eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder or cut him off and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In the next parable, he talks about ten virgins, five wise and five foolish, all virgins. You think, well, they've all kept themselves pure. They're all, you know, they, they've not done things in this world that would would cause them to be unclean in their flesh. They, and so they're, and they're all at the same place. They're all together. And they all have lamps. But for the foolish, it said, their lamps were gone out. When the cry went out, make yourselves ready. Get yourselves ready. Prepare yourselves. Get ready to go out and meet him, meet the bridegroom. They looked around and they, they realized we're not ready. But you're here but we're not ready. We don't have any oil. Our lamps have gone out. Give us some of your oil. See, this is it. Some people think that just not doing evil is enough to be ready. Uh, there's a lot of people that are good people that they don't do evil stuff. We've got to do good. That lamp... They trimmed it and lit it so it was light, it was bright, it was shining. People would see them with their light. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why uh, what's happening here is, is they can no longer be identified uh, for who they are. Even though they, they, they spent their lives, they kept themselves from, from things that they shouldn't have done. They, they had on the right garment when they were there, but they were not ready when the call went out. 
because they did not have that light shining in their life, that light, uh, that walk of faith, that, that those good works that they should have been doing. They were not ready. And they said, give us some of your oil. That's, like, that's the same principle of flying in the airplane seat in somebody's lap. It don't work like that. Listen, and they said, no, we can't do that because it won't be enough for us, us either. I'm going to tell you something today. You cannot save anybody. Don't you tie yourself to a person in such a way that you think I'm giving so much of myself to them to, and, they, and they're just taking it. They said, you're going to have to go somewhere and buy you some oil. We paid the price for what we've got and you'll have to do the same. It's not, it's not mine to give. I can't give salvation to people. I can't give the Holy Ghost to people. I can preach to them about the love of Jesus. I can show them the love of Jesus, but I can't give them that love. I can't give them that salvation. I can't provide the blood that washes away their sin, and I cannot fill them with the Holy Ghost. Jesus does that. That's why we've got to get it for ourselves and then stay ready. God gave you something that should be shining a light. Don't let the light go out. You know, usually when we turn lights off, it's when we go to sleep. I know some of y'all probably sleep with every light in the house on. There's some that they got to have something on all the time. I can sleep in the pitch black dark. It don't bother me. Uh, But in this life, I want to stay ready. Honey, come to the music. Or whoever's coming. That honey. Y'all got to let me know this. This This is getting awkward. I'm going to start calling him babe and you honey. How about that? <laughs> I love my brother. Thank you, Brother Philip. Hey, listen. We're the church, and there ain't a greater honor in this life, in this world, that you'll ever know than to have been by the blood of the Lamb, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do not be caught. What a vessel. Don't be caught sleeping on that day of the Lord. Don't be caught without what it takes for that light to shine. Keep, listen, or at the beginning, reading, studying, praying, just involved, doing, going. Hey, I understand life gets on us. Jobs, families, schools, things. I mean, it's just, I know, I get, I know life. And I realize that everything has its place, not against any of that as long as it don't move him from his place. Do not let anything become more important to him than him. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and then lose his own soul? If you ask people what their world consists of, you get a lot of different answers. Some people, their whole world is wrapped up in a job. It's wrapped up in money. It's wrapped up in family. He said, What if you got everything that you consider to be your whole world, but then you lose your own soul? Not not going to do that. Not when he makes the world so much better. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. Let's lift our hands for a moment and pray. Ask the Lord to search our hearts. Lord, you made me ready, but I want to stay ready. I need to get the ready light back on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. We praise you and we thank you. I know that you're coming back soon, oh God. And I know there's a day that we don't know the, the hour, we don't know the year, but it's coming. 
let us stay ready. Let us trim our lamps full of oil and let them shine bright. Let us be ready for the coming of the Lord. God, we're going to praise you. Keep us, Lord. Warn us, God. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. And, Lord, let us walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, more of your mercy. More of your grace, God. Hallelujah. Oh, to live my life for you. God, I'm sorry if I've dropped the ball. I'm sorry if I've fallen asleep in my walk with you. But, Lord, shake me. Wake me up, God. Wake me up, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me be ready. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, we thank you for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. Come on now, lift your hands and just worship for a moment. Oh, I want to be ready for you, Jesus. I want to be ready for you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you thankful for the Lord? Give him a hand clap of praise. I'm ready. I want to stay ready. Tell your neighbor, let's stay ready. Let's stay ready. I'll help you if you need help. Let's stay ready. Praise God. Thank you for being uh, in service this morning. Uh, If you need to go to the restrooms today, you have to go to the hallway restrooms, the foyer. Like I say, not accessible right now, so... Uh, head that way. Uh, also, please, I know that that big bubble back there is very uh, alluring to children, and they'll want to run through it. If you decide to take off running in the spirit today, uh, please ask the Lord to keep you from running through that. Uh, but uh, just um, really watch those children today, and I don't want them to get in there and get hurt on something, uh, some of the equipment that's laying around in there. And we're going to have a great time, a great service in Jesus' name. God bless you. You're dismissed. Let's find a place to pray before the next service.